WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. There is plenty of fallout from the Steelers' decision to cut Landry Jones, so let's go over that. The number two quarterback is Dobbs. Dobbs went from probably being cut to number two because it's not going to be Rudolph, the true rookie, at least not right away. Dobbs is number two. Tomlin confirmed that. Does Dobbs have a chance to succeed, Ben, when Ben retires? You would certainly assume that, that it's a competition now between Dobbs and Rudolph. Dobbs got drafted just one year before Rudolph, and Tomlin obviously loves Dobbs. How does Ben feel about this? He spoke about Landry Jones today about their level of communication. Ben often said he's comfortable discussing situations with Jones. Now Ben is purely a mentor in the quarterback room. Neither Dobbs nor Rudolph is even remotely a peer. Not at any level. I say again, I'm not wrong. The Steelers are wrong. This decision is stupid and cataclysmically so if Ben gets hurt. Let's go over it again. 2005. Batch had to win two games. Steelers won the Super Bowl. 2010. Dennis Dixon won two games. Batch won one game. Steelers made it to the Super Bowl. What if the backup got to play this year? What if the backup got to win a game? All the Jones detractors said, all he did was beat Cleveland. Okay, what if that's what it takes to win the division? Or to get home field? Or to get a bye? What if that's what it takes and Dobbs can't do it? At least we know Landry can. Where is where boots and it's gotta be true now. Boy, I like that, the time change. Keep it playing, keep it playing. Oh, it ran out. Damn it. Barry's Wear Boots, brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Let's get to the fake news. Because there is a lot of fake news regarding the Steelers' number two quarterback situation. And I'm getting tweets. Who cares about the number two quarterback situation? Dobbs isn't going to have to play. Talk about Lev Bell. Lev Bell's probably going to show up tomorrow. I hope not, but he probably is. So both of our main subjects for today are probably superfluous. Although if Bell does show, I bet he stinks on Sunday and doesn't play much because of it. Anyway, here's some fake news about the Steelers' number two quarterback situation. Supporters of the move are comparing Ben who had no experience in 2004, came in when Maddox got hurt and went 13-0. Some are comparing that to Dobbs and Rudolph with no experience. Now, fake news. Not comparable. Ben was the number 11 pick overall and had can't miss talent. Dobbs is a fourth-round pick and Rudolph is a third-round pick. Not exactly sure thanks. Uh, Dobbs making the team by playing so well against Carolina, 
is being cited as evidence that the preseason is important. That's fake news. If the preseason is so important, how come Jones barely had a chance to participate? How come Jones didn't play in the last two exhibition games? Keeping Dobbs is a Tomlin whim, period. Dobbs' performance in the preseason just provided the excuse. Some say Ben didn't want this because Dobbs is a threat to his job. Yeah, okay, because Josh Dobbs really is a legitimate threat to Ben's job. By the way, where did you see that Ben didn't want this? This isn't Garoppolo Part 2. This is fake news. Nobody is a threat to Ben's job. Now, that notion's stupid, but look on Twitter and see what's being said. Uh, It's been pointed out that the Steelers clear cap space by keeping Dobbs and cutting Jones, like about... $1.2 $1.2 million, something like that. That's butt white money. I don't see that being a factor, so that's fake news. Now, the people who say the decision to keep Dobbs and not Jones won't make a difference, they're probably right until it does. By the way, how about what Matt Williamson said? That if Ben got hurt the first week, they would bring Jones back and start him in week two. You know why I doubt that? Because, boy, there wouldn't be any more tangible way of admitting they made a mistake. And they would fill it up with some happy horsemen or like, well, it's different because now we're talking about a situation of starting early in the season and Landry knows, yada, yada. And if you listen carefully and they would do that, every reason they would give for bringing Jones back would be a reason they should have kept him in the first place. Jason in Murraysville. Jason, you're on with Double M. Yeah, hey, Mark. I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with them getting rid of Jones and keeping Dobbs if we had a guaranteed Lev Bell in the backfield. But if Ben gets hurt... Why does does one affect the other? Because if Ben gets hurt, we've got um, Josh Dobbs and... James Conner as our as our workhorses to try oh, to win don't, the game. Don't get me wrong, that that would uh, throw egg beater upon troubled waters, to be sure. But but uh, I'm not sure the two are very relevant. I I mean, what if if Ben gets hurt and you have Bell, they're going to pound the ball like he's Franco and Rocky back in the '70s? I don't think so. Let's go to Patience in Green Tree. Patience, you're on with Double M. What up? Hey, I just wanted to say, uh, back when we had uh, Dixon as a backup, uh, he was drafted fifth round. It doesn't matter what uh, round they were drafted, but I see uh, Dobbs, I see his athleticism like I did with Dixon, but I see Dobbs as a more uh, packet uh, pass. I can actually air it out a little bit. It seems like more accurate than Dixon was, so I could see Dobbs winning a couple games, actually not just managing the game if Ben went down. Really, what evidence do you have to suggest that? I mean, we had backup offensive linemen. If you want to say when the exhibition, he went up against uh, Carolina's backup defense. We had backup offensive linemen, too, uh, where he had to actually uh, – he was under pressure a little bit that game. So I think he, I think he could do well. I think – So you were, impressed, made, you were impressed by how he played against Carolina then? Impression from last year to this year, like Matt. Oh, I agree that Dobbs has improved from, from last year to this. I'm not going to say the kid sucks. And he did play great against Carolina, against guys who almost all got cut. 
In fact, I think they called him in and said, okay, if you played against Dobbs, put your hand up. Okay, you guys are cut. Let's go to Tony. Tony, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. What up? Hi, Mark. Um, you know, I look around the NFL and I see stars get treated, um, you know, really good, just like with Brady last year. Why did the Steelers – I heard Ben today say that he liked having Jones on the sideline. Why would you take that from him? He enjoyed him. He used his mind. He, you know, Jones is obviously a good student of the game. Ben liked having him there. Why did the Steelers why, – why would they do that to Ben? Uh, I don't know. Actually, I, I have a pretty good idea, but, but I'm going to just say I don't know. Uh, they, this decision was made on a whim. Okay? If there was a competition for the job that was tangible and known by all, Landry Jones would have played in the third and fourth exhibition game. You could have compared him to Dobbs. Instead, they let just Dobbs go and win the job. With, with, with Jones not allowed to defend it. And you know what? It probably doesn't matter, but I hope it does. No, that's I I, I don't mean that because I don't want Ben to get hurt. By the way, I'm looking at Dennis Dixon's stats. Uh, Dennis Dixon, his first start was in 09, and he lost. Okay, but then the next year when he started, he had uh, 27 pass attempts. He had played in 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 four games and started one. You know, it's just like. You know, just that little bit of experience. I just, can you imagine? Let's say, Ben, best case scenario for the first 14 games. Let's say Ben doesn't miss a snap. Then you get to game 15. I don't even know who they play. Or do I? I might have it right here. They're at New Orleans. And say they need to win that game to to win the division or get home field or whatever target like to assign to this hypothetical situation. And Ben gets hurt in the middle of the game, and all of a sudden, Dobbs has to play. Do you really have faith in him in that situation? And I'll tell you one thing that, that Tomlin and and uh, and Fickner have to do, have to decide on, and they won't. This is something they absolutely have to do, and they won't. Write this down. Need to do it. I guarantee they won't. Any game that's decided they need to give Dobbs snaps. Like if the Steelers are ahead of Cleveland by 10 or 14 and they get the ball like late in the game, they should put Dobbs in and actually run plays and not just kneel on the ball. If you insist that this kid, who's never taken a regular season snap in his life, is the backup quarterback, then you better prepare him for the eventuality of playing in wise and immediate fashion. But I can guarantee they won't. You got RJ on hold. We'll get to him in a minute. We got Stan Savard at the bottom of the hour. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Um, what do you think about the new, I can't remember what I called, sorry. Really awesome call. The X at 105.9. Defenders of the Kaepernick faith are pointing out that uh, Nike stock is down 3% since the Kaepernick ad campaign was announced, but Adidas stock is also down 2.4%. Now, just because Adidas stock happened to drop doesn't mean that Kaepernick isn't a factor in the Nike stock drop. 
but that's the way it's being prevent, presented by those who support Nike uh, engaging Kaepernick. 412-333-9939. Uh, if Lev Bell doesn't play in week one this season, it really won't be that big of a deal because Lev Bell has only played in week one twice in his career. He has missed week one three times. Twice because he was suspended and once because he was hurt. Tomlin said today at his press conference that he hadn't even thought about Le'Veon Bell. And then his pants immediately burst into flames. Another great moment from the Mike Tomlin press conference. Uh, Tomlin's opening remarks didn't even address Le'Veon Bell. Didn't even mention him. I suppose because we're worried about the guys who are here, unquote. And then Tomlin said, when Lev does show up, we'll quantify everything that needs to be about Le'Veon Bell. I'm not sure he understands the exact definition of the word quantify, but uh, whatever. That Tomlin press conference, I can't imagine going. I mean, the guy's just a horse's ass the entire press conference. He treats the media like they smell bad. Yikes. That's why I hate football. To cover football, I bet like a guy like Kabali would agree with this. To cover football, you have to be on guard to be demeaned at every turn. And you have to take it. Oh, wait, breaking news. Antonio Bryan and Juju Smith-Schuster are practicing touchdown dances in the new Pizza Hut ad that was released today. That makes me want to go right down the street to Slice on Broadway. A.B., I can see, because he's the best receiver in football. Juju, I know he's lit AF, but, uh, well, whatever. We'll see where it all gets him. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. In the long run, I bet I am proven wrong. In the short run, I bet I'm proven right. Let's go to Melissa in the car. Melissa, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, how are you, hon? Great. Um, I agree with you about I don't think the Steelers should have let uh, Landry Jones go. Um, you know, I'm sure people disagree with me, but I think a lot of it had to do with uh, um, color. What do you mean? Um, I think uh, Mike Tomlin favored him. Um, favored who, Dobbs? Having, uh, favoring Dobbs, yeah. Okay, now you know he kept Mason Rudolph, too. Oh, no, I understand that, but he we just got him, so I, I you know, but... Um, I mean, I it's, it's, kept... a little, it's a little tough for me to say that the black coach kept the black quarterback when he also kept the white quarterback. You are correct, but I, I think since he had two um, younger quarterbacks and you know one of them was black, I still think he was keeping the two. Um, Landry Jones, to me, um, just more experience as a quarterback, like you said, if Roethlisberger, uh, for God's reason, did get hurt, we wouldn't want him to, but I'd rather see Landry Jones in there. Well, well so would I, but I would like to think that, that what you're suggesting had had nothing to do with it. Let's go to the Swabby in the car. Swabby, you're on with Double M. How you doing, Mark? Good, Swabby. What's up? Uh, just the fact that I, I just 
think this is – and it go back to Dobbs. Uh, why the Steelers picked him last year, the fourth round, and then used the third round, I think that has a lot to do with it just for the fact that they don't want to look like they wasted a draft pick last year. That shouldn't be the case. And then just, just the pure mismanagement of not drafting – I know uh, – Yeah, but, but Swabby, or, back up. There was no one to draft to replace Shazier. There was no linebacker like that available when the Steelers picked. And it would have been too expensive to trade up. Well, and if you want to, and this team is in win now. If you want to win now, like they should be thinking that this was the time to get go up and get Roquan Smith or one of the middle linebackers to try to win. Well, that was the and, guy to get. And where'd he go? Fifth overall? Seven. Well, I don't know. You know what? Part of me agrees with you, but that's I mean, just not their not way. Give, that's not their well, way. You're right, and but but if you're if, in, in the situation with Le'Veon Bell is is just making this more clear. You said it earlier. The offensive line is going to start decreasing after this year, and they haven't addressed that. And this is literal. This is a their chance to win it. They they have all the pieces, but they're, they're just the mismanagement. You see, of I, don't, I don't know that they have all the pieces. I I, I think they have. I think they have one of the five best quarterbacks in football and a great money quarterback. I think they have a lot of other talent on offense that somehow has found a way to not win. And I'm not sure that that talent will ever find a way to win. Uh, your point about the offensive line is well taken. I think some of the guys, like Ramon Foster, are in decline even now. But they should treat it like it's all in, even though they never treat a season like it's all in. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter what they think or what they want. I think the reality is this is their last best chance to win a Super Bowl. And yeah, maybe they should have traded up to get to Roquan Smith, and they definitely should have kept Landry Jones. Let's go to, real quick, RJ and Glenshaw. RJ. Hey, good day, good day, Mark. What's up? Hey, uh, my knee-jerk reaction whenever this first came out was that I wanted to call in and say you were wrong. But the more that I hear people talk and the more... The Steelers were off on this. Um, Landry Jones was Ben's guy. He was the guy that could come in and be serviceable and and keep the Steelers afloat until Ben became healthy again. I think what it came down to, honestly, for the Steelers was the, the contract situation. You know, Landry Jones has gone after one more year. They have Josh Dobbs for two more years. The little bit of flash that he's shown. It came down to having control over Dobbs a little bit longer See, than they did. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think you can think past this year when it comes to who the backup quarterback is, although they obviously did. I, I keep hearing about Dobbs' upside. Okay, well, when? When will that upside come into play, and how much good will it really do if it ever does come to pass? I mean, are we looking at Dobbs as a potential starter after Ben retires? Really? Because I don't see I, it. I, I agree with you. I don't think so either. I think Landry should have been the guy that – transitioned us into Mason Rudolph if they think that guy is the future. Um, I just think... I'll, I'll well, that would have depended on how much longer Ben played. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. In, uh, we're going to talk to Stan just around the corner. One thing I want to point out, too, I touched on this with Matt Williamson, but I'll talk about it more uh, later on. Miles Garrett could rip Villanueva to shreds. Miles Garrett, like Williamson said, is, is a potential defensive MVP. And Villanueva is a pretty good left tackle, but no better than that. That's a matchup that could 
have bad implications on Sunday. Bad, very bad implications on Sunday. Not just in terms of winning and losing, but we keep talking about situations where Ben might get hurt. Miles Garrett against Alejandro Villanueva is a situation where Ben might get hurt. Stan Saver next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, Mark. Oh, hey, sir, buddy. Hi, buddy. Hey, Mr. Madden. How you doing? What, up? what if they wore assless chaps? Would that help at all? If they what? The X at 105.9. Joining me now, brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. He is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. It's Stan Saverin. Stan, you were down at the Tomlin uh, press conference today. Do you think Tomlin was surprised Bell hasn't shown up yet? And I wonder what the real feeling is in that Steeler locker room. Um, I do think um, that he was a bit surprised only because um, Bell's agent had been telling him, look, it'll be the same as last year, Labor Day, this, that, the other, uh, and all that kind of stuff, and whatever conversation they had. Um, And I do think they expected the same thing as last year. Uh, Let me put it this way. You know Kevin Colbert as I do. For him to issue a statement that terse um, when he really didn't have to issue one at all told you that there was some surprise element there. Um, If they thought, you know, he might not show up till tomorrow, which I kind of feel like might happen, um, uh, I don't think that he issues a statement on Monday. But I think just the fact that Colbert issued a statement indicated a surprise. I think as far as the locker room is concerned, you know, the players understand it to a point. I think the point is tomorrow. I think tomorrow, if he doesn't show up, doesn't practice, I think that's a whole different threshold. And then you say, well, what's the difference in 48 hours? The difference is is that the coaches put together the game plan on Tuesdays. And I, they've done some things before this uh, during training camp, the exhibition season, but the, the coaches put in each weekly game plan on Tuesdays. The players then, when they show up tomorrow after being off today, they are presented with the game plan. Now you're beginning your game preparation in earnest. Bell, who needs as much practice time as he can get anyway, he misses that. Now all of a sudden it's not just about him, it's about them what they'd like to think is the first step in winning a Super Bowl. Now, they can be clean without Le'Veon Bell. They probably can do very well without Le'Veon Bell. But I do think that the players' attitudes will change if he misses tomorrow's practice because that's the first really important one of the football season. Ramon Foster kind of called out Bell with that, uh, let's all pull together to win a Super Bowl stuff. How much does that really matter to Bell or really stand to most players these days? You know, I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I would say this. Look, if Bell misses one game, let's say that he doesn't show up at all this week, what's the difference between missing one and missing nine? Uh, you know, outside of the money, which he'll make up next year. I don't know if it'll ever make up um, if he misses nine weeks. That's, what, $7 million or so. I don't know if you ever make that up in your career. Um but I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I don't know. I mean, that's one of the questions that will be answered. I think if he really was invested in how well this team uh, would do, I don't blame him missing training camp. I don't miss him blaming, uh, missing the exhibition season. He doesn't have to. That's the CBA. He didn't write that. He is doing, there's nothing he's doing that he's not allowed to do. But there does come a point where you say, um, 
I, do I want to win a championship? Do I want to win a ring? Do I want to be a part of, of these guys? Um, you know, sooner or later, do you have the, any, at any point in life, you have to think about someone other than yourself. And I think that's the question that we're about to get answered. Well, I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is, whether he shows up tomorrow or, or not. But, but uh, expand on something you just touched on, Stan, because I've been talking about it all day. I hate the franchise tag. I think it keeps free agency from being truly free. I think it's servitude that is an embarrassment to the NFLPA, to the CBA they negotiated. And if this was the only way Bell can retaliate to all that, it's not what I would do, but I get it. How about you? Yeah, I mean, again, he's completely within the boundaries of what the thing suggests. Uh, the concession that the, I mean, the, 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 the players hated this from the beginning. Wait a minute. We got free agency. You know, why should we allow you to do this? The concession that the owners gave back, and I don't think a lot of people understand this, is he does not have to report until the 10th week of the season and still accrue this whole season, which then gets him out of the franchise tag. That was the concession they made. Say, okay, well, we'll put the franchise tag on him. You can't go anywhere, but you can hold out for the first half of the season. You won't get paid, but if you show up for week number 10, you're, that year will count, and you will become an unrestricted free agent next year. That's what the league gave back to the union because the league wanted the union to accept the franchise and transition tax. That's the little crumb that they threw in their direction, and the players accepted it. Well, it is just a mere crumb. And, Stan, if Bell misses week one, I think we might not see him to week 11 because there's no real point to missing just one or two games, is there? No, there isn't. Uh, you know, and again, uh, other than the money, uh, other than the money, um, no matter how much he's going to make, 850 grand or whatever it is per week um, is still a sizable chunk uh, to leave there. Um, and again, a lot would depend uh, on how he does in the second half of the season. I mean, who's to say? I don't. Even if he shows up tomorrow, I don't think he'll start Sunday. Uh, there's no question in my mind that James Conner will be the starter. But let me put it this way: there are some inherent risks in that as well. Certainly, teams are going to bid for the best players. We just saw that, you know, play out in the Khalil Mack issue uh, and the thing with the Bears and the Raiders. But there is some inherent risk in that uh, too. And as Mark Caballi pointed out to me today when I was talking with him, he said, "Hey." You can get hurt in week 11 just as easily as you can get hurt in week one. Stan, what's your hunch? What happens with Bell? When does he show? And what are your expectations for James Conner uh, if he does get pressed into increased duty? I think he'll be fine if it's increased duty. Uh, but I asked Tom on the question, is there anything that you cannot do or won't do as much of if it's Conner instead of Bell? And he said, no. Um, but I don't buy that for a minute. Uh, there are certain things, skills that Bell has inherent that you're just not going to try with James Conner. It's not a slam on Conner, but in Bell, you're talking about you know a unique kind of guy. Um, I, I think the one thing that they do have with James Conner is last year, as you'll remember, he missed all kinds of time, not only in summer camp in Latrobe, but in the OTAs. He was injured early portion of the year. Plus, he was a rookie. On top of all that, uh, they, they went with Bell so much in game one last year because they weren't sure what they had in Connor. This year is different. I mean, Connor's completely healthy as of right now. He's had a great camp. He's had a great preseason. And so there's no 
reason to fear what he cannot do, maybe as was the case a year ago. So I think he'll start. I don't care if Bell shows up at 4 in the morning, ready to go. I don't think he'll start on Sunday. Uh, I think he'll be used as a backup to Connor. I mean, eventually, of course, that, if you will, (laughs) division of labor will change. I mean, it is Le'Veon Bell, and you're paying him $14.5 million a year. Uh, But I do think that they are deeper from the get-go, because Connor is in better position to pick up a lot of the load where he wasn't last year, and they had no other options than just to run a very rusty Le'Veon Bell. We're talking to Stan Saverin, the godfather, here on the Mark Madden Show. Uh, Stan, what's your take on the Steelers keeping Dobbs and cutting Jones? Uh, It'll probably turn out to be uh, superfluous, but I'm very much against it. I think they made the wrong decision. Well, well, you know, time will tell. Um... I think it's too risky. Uh, it's not something I would have done. Because really, what are, what are you protecting Dobbs for? You're protecting Dobbs who, uh, barring injury, that's always the caveat, is never going to be anything more, most likely, than a backup quarterback. They did not draft Mason Rudolph to be a backup quarterback. Uh, if Ben plays one more year or four more years, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened by the end of this year, that you will see as Rudolph graduate to the number two as he gets more experience. So, so you don't think, Stan, that Dobbs, by making the team, is now in competitions for Ben job after Ben retires? I think he's in competition, but I think by the time that happens, I think Mason Rudolph will be firmly entrenched as the number two. So my point is, what you've done here in letting Landry Jones go, and let's look, he's not Johnny Unitas or Dan Marino, but what you've done here is you've protected a guy in Josh Dobbs you may like, but who projects to be little more than a backup quarterback over the course of his career because they drafted Mason Rudolph to be Ben's replacement. Unless Mason Rudolph turns out to be a complete stiff, then Dobbs is relegated to being a backup. Now, look, we see plenty of bad backups in the NFL, and I'm out here to suggest that Having a good backup quarterback isn't actually a luxury when you see some of the stiffs that occupy those positions now, but in essence, that's what you've protected. And if, if all Mason Rudolph ends up being is a good backup quarterback, then you drafted him way too high. Is the defense any better, Stan? Because if it is, I'm not sure I yet see it. Um, if it is, I would say so for a couple of reasons. Um, number one... And again, health is always a factor, but I don't think we can minimize what happened to Stefan Um, All things considered, he might be a better all-round defensive end than Hayward, and Hayward's pretty darn good. Um, if he's healthy, I think they're significantly better. Um, I think that the, the issue uh, of the inside linebacker uh, is not going to go away. I think their depth at outside linebacker is highly questionable. Um, I do like what I've seen of Edmonds. Morgan Burnett's a solid pro. Hayden's been in the system. Um, let me put it this way. I do expect him to be marginally better, but if you're thinking about even the Steeler defense that was actually doing pretty well until the time Shazier got hurt, uh, I think you're going to uh, be looking to expect much more than they have to give. Tell you something that worries me about Sunday, Stan. Miles Garrett against Alejandro Villanueva. Uh, you know, Villanueva is a pretty good left tackle. Miles Garrett is a defensive MVP-type caliber talent. And, boy, I would hate to see Bennett risk very often 
to that guy in the first game of the season. Uh, I couldn't agree more. You know, we didn't see Miles Garrett because he, you know, he was hurt very early. But you saw in some of those preseason games, and yeah, it's preseason. Uh, the guy can dominate. Um, most of the draft people, Matt Williamson included, uh, said a year ago that he is the best player in the draft, uh, defensive end, quarterback, whatever it happened to be. Uh, I think you'll see a couple things. I think you're going to see that they'll give Villanueva away with some help over there. The guy on the other side's pretty good too, but uh, it's not Miles Garrett. I think you'll see them give some help over there with Villanueva. And here's one of the issues with James Conner: if they have to hold him in to help block the chip on Miles Garrett, um, we're going to find out in a big hurry whether his blocking has improved over last year, which was a problem, um, and how much better he is at that, and is he anywhere near as good as Le'Veon Bell is. What's your call for Sunday, Stan? I, I think even without Bell, the Steelers eke it out, but I bet it is a challenging game, more challenging than we might expect. Yeah, well, I don't think anybody expected that last year. Um, and it was very challenging, and the Browns were nearly as, and I think people are going overboard. They're talking about over under seven and a half wins. Give me under that all day long. If you're going to Vegas soon, Mark. Is that what the over under is? Yeah. No way. Yep. Some people have it at seven, seven and a half. Stan, funny you mentioned that. Health permitting, I'll be in Vegas Saturday morning, just in time. By all means, you take whatever whatever you want from me, you got it. Um, I mean, I, I do think they're going to be better. I also think that for, on an emotional level, that place is going to be berserk because a lot of people over there, starved for even one win, uh, are going to be all excited about this team. So I think emotionally, uh, it's critical for the Steelers to get on top to remind everybody who's who and who's not. Uh, but I, I do think if last year they won by three points, um, I think right, and that was viewed as a terrible disappointment, if they get out of there with a win, I don't care what it is, especially with the emotion that the Browns will have an advantage in, I think you take the win and you, you run all the way home. Stan, great stuff. Can I put you down for 200? Put me down for 200. Fantastic. I'll go 800, you go 200. We'll put a grand on the bronze under 7.5. There you go. I love it. That's Stan Savard. I'm Mark Madden. Talk to Bob McLaughlin next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Hey. How's it going? How you doing, buddy? Let me check. Let me see what I'm wearing today. Yep, my shoes cost more than your house. The X at 105.9. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, the B team's running a poll. Is it a drop-off from Bell to Connor? <laughs> I would say it's a precipitous <laughs> drop-off, wouldn't you? Well, hold on there, Mark. Let me do my research and get my analytics out and just figure out exactly how I'm going to tackle that one. Um, you know, I spoke, <laughs> there was a golf outing today at uh, Grandview Golf Course uh, out in Braddock, mm -hmm. and I spoke to a group of uh, employees from Cintas, a bunch of good guys. By the way, what a great club that Grandview is. It has this view overlooking Braddock, and you wouldn't think it would be majestic, but it is. It's really nice. Anyway... I was telling them that it's tough to criticize Connor, as I've often said on this program, because he's the pit kid who beat cancer in the knee injury. I'm sorry, but I just don't think he's that good. And to pretend the Steelers would even be close to what they would be with Le'Veon Bell, having Connor in the lineup is just ludicrous. Well, I've said in the past, you know, me and you have had discussions about this in the past where I have a little bit more belief in what he's going to be able to do. But, I mean, even with all of that, with him changing his body this year and getting healthy and beating cancer and everything he was able to do coming up through the ranks to make it to the Steelers and be in this position, 
the answer to that poll question is still yes. It is quite the drop off from uh, Le'Veon Bell. Well, no, and James no, no, no. Right, I'm not dismissing Connor. You know, totally like uh, like Matt Williamson said, he could be a real good number two back. I think that's his ceiling, and I think if the Steelers have to play him a lot this year, that will not bode well. But boy, what a significant drop off it would be from Bell to Connor. And Bob, do you get the feeling hearing Tomlin talk and hearing a few players talk? That they expected Bell to be here by now? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think Stan nailed it. He said that the uh, release, the statement from the Steelers yesterday from Kevin Colbert using the word disappointed. The Steelers hate putting releases out there. They hate making official statements. You know, they just want to go about their thing. Anything that you see like that, um, that's something that's gummed up in the works. And they are not happy that he's not there. And I'm sure that there are some teammates who are not happy that he's not either especially when he's Instagramming or Snapchatting from the beach. Well, I don't get guys predicting when he'll be there and then saying immediately after, like Ponzi did, they haven't talked to him. Yeah, that was... You know, Ben said today that uh, I haven't talked to him since before uh, training camp started, but I think he'll be here. You know, I mean, they should just not say anything. Well, and then Coach Tomlin today... I think think if they say he's going to be there tomorrow and he doesn't show up, then it looks like they were a little panicky. Yeah, and then Coach Tomlin today in the press conference, uh, he was asked, you know, did you talk to him this week? Do you know when he's coming in? And he said, I haven't talked to him this week. And then somebody asked again, "Is you know, follow-up, well, when was the last time you did talk to him? Well, I haven't talked to him this week. So there's a little cat and mouse here. I expect him to be there tomorrow. I don't think he's going to pass up eight hundred and fifty-five grand. I think he's there tomorrow. I think he gets in on uh, Sunday against the Browns. Do you agree with my appraisal that if he skips a game, he's very likely to skip 10 games? If that, there, that there's no point to be made by just skipping one or two. That, that if you skip one or two, you forfeited you know, $1.7 million and barely protected your body. To protect your body, to shrug off the workload, you have to miss 10 games. Yeah, if he misses one, Mark, all bets are off. I think it's even money he misses You know, the next one or, like you said, the next 10 just to get his six in for the year to accrue. That's... If he look, I'd say ninety to ten, he does not miss the game this Sunday. But that ten percent—I mean, we've been saying other things that we thought he was going to do up until this point. He's still not here. You think he's going to be any good once he does get there? I, I think he'll be Lev Bell. I think he'll be better than most of the backs in the league. I don't think he'll flash like he, you know, has two years ago or the very best of his ability. How but, invested do you think he'll be? Um. I think if he's here, Mark, he will be invested. I know he did some of that speed training, that foot training, uh, you know, a few weeks back. He so. did that so when the season's over, he can get out of town as quickly as possible. Yeah. No, Bob, my point is, the difference is between... That's your column tomorrow. This and last. I already wrote my column for tomorrow. <laughs> the difference between this year and last with Le'Veon Bell is, is that now he knows he's gone next year, so one foot is already out the door. And I just don't think that bodes well. I've agreed with you on the past. I don't think he's as focused and determined as a guy would need to be to play through that situation, consistently give 100%, and consistently achieve to the best of his ability. I don't think he has that in his head or his heart. Well, I think that there is something to your notion that, that you know he's got one foot out the door already, but that's what Van Halen said. But I also think that when what he's was that in? Uh, one foot out the door. Fair warning. That's literally a song? Oh, yeah. You How would... could I not know that? Oh, it's such a great tune. A lot of keyboards. No, it's not keyboards, but it's an effect on his but guitar. You, but you screwed the punchline. It's that what they, that's what they said about Van Halen. About Van Halen, yeah. Um, 
either way, I think that once he's here, Mark, and he's in it, I think he's fully in it. I mean, I, this team has the opportunity to go to a Super Bowl. He hasn't gotten one yet. You know, you, you talk about the no he ring cares mafia. about that. What's that? You're assuming he cares about that. I think that once he's in that setting, once he's around the teammates and he is working out, I, I think know. he does. I don't know. I think he just can't wait to get out of here. Uh, what would you take of what Le'Veon Bell said? Kind of challenging. Uh, excuse me, Ramon Foster. Kind of challenge Bell to get in here and be all in. I like it. You've talked in the past about how Ramon Foster has become a spokesman for this team. I'm a he's big a- Ramon Foster fan. I'm not sure the guard that's on a downhill slide is the guy to say that and have it be taken seriously by Le'Veon Bell. I like it. I think it's refreshing. I think Ramon Foster talks from the heart. And, hey, he's a 10-year in. He doesn't have a ring. You know, he sees the twilight of his career coming on, you know, around the bend. He wants it now. He wants everybody to want it as much as he does. Uh, I appreciated it. What's your take on um, the quarterback decision? Uh, Landry Jones out. Josh Dobbs now the number two. Shocked, just like you, just like a lot of people that cover this team, just like a lot of people that cover the NFL. Um, And as soon as Matt Williamson in your 330 discussion said, if there is an injury, he wouldn't be surprised to see the Steelers bring Landry Jones back. I mean, no way. The light bulb went off. I could see that. He hasn't been picked up by anybody else. You know that their discussion was, hey, stay in shape, stay ready. You don't know if we're going to call you. What else does he have to do? He's going to have to take that. You really think they would make them? No, never mind Jones, but the Steelers would make themselves look terrible. I don't think they would care about that. If that means, you know, if they, well, if Ben's out or if they that phone call is made, you know, those chances at the Super Bowl, you know, they fall off the cliff also. Well, if Ben's out long term, it really doesn't matter. Right. But like I said, the key is if Ben's out for two or three games. Can they somehow get by like they did in five and they did in ten? That's Bob McLaughlin, brought to you by 84 Lumber. We haven't talked about the big Nick Saban interview yet. That was awesome. 30 seconds away here on 105.9.